Welcome to a Flash TV Talk Mini. And let me tell you, this is the most depressed I've ever been doing both a mini and a Flash TV Talk because this was an exceptional episode of The Flash. But more importantly, what you are not hearing right now is an extremely exceptional episode of The Flash TV Talk podcast in full. In truth, just yesterday, Bell and I recorded a really, really awesome episode. I wish we had done it live. I still wish we had done it live. I wish I had backed up everything. But unfortunately, the moment we got done recording, I did not save my audio track. This is totally on my fault. It is not on Bell's. And y'all, like, I was thinking, like, do I call him back up? Do we re-record? Like, what do we need to do? And I realized there's just, there's no way to capture the lightning in a bottle that we had. Like, I, I know, like, that's what everybody says. Like, oh, no, you should have heard it. No, look, if you've done a pot, like, anybody who's in podcasting before who has had this rookie mistake done they know it only happens when the best episode ever is recorded. And that was certainly the case. It had amazing things because obviously this is an amazing episode. We had uh, a, 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 a office space uh, references to two Eobards at the same time. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. We had some good stuff. Listen, we've got a lot of great things in this episode, and I wanted to go ahead and give you our thoughts. Uh, first of all, it should go without saying, but this was incredible. This one had everything. We had references to all of the different CW episodes, or rather television shows from across the Arrowverse. Uh, we got the confirmation of the emotional spectrum, something that we've been speculating since the beginning of the series. And we get a chance to see that Cecile's powers have you know leveled up on their own into the point where now she not only sees the emotional spectrum, but she can actually control the emotional spectrum as well. I mean, in my mind, we are gearing up towards what appears to be the Arrow versus take on the blackest nights and kind of the idea of this kind of war of emotion. Now, here's the deal, though. Despite the rise of this new superhero in uh, <laughs> in Central City, and of course, I'm talking about the teacup. Yes, that's right. The teacup, the new superhero name that we are now calling Cecile by. Why? Because that's what the bank robber called her. He's like, go try it, teacup. And I'm like, oh, snap, she's the teacup. And we're hashtag team teacup all the way. Uh, regardless, this is really exciting stuff. And yet that was like the bare minimum of the episode. That was like the the like the C plot or like the D plot. I don't know. There's a lot of plots going on. Incredible stuff. And I'm really excited to see how that plays out here in the future. As I mentioned, we got two thons at the same time in this episode. We got, you know, the one from Flashpoint making his return, apparently having had a redemptive arc. By the way, shout outs to uh, Ray Palmer popping up to let us know like an old Stan Lee cameo. Hey, kids, you might not have realized it. You may not be reading this other comic book, but if you did, you'd know exactly what was going on. You know, that kind of thing. I, uh, yeah, yeah. We got the fact that, you know, H, uh, rather Ea Blonde uh, had a redemptive arc. He's now fallen in love. And uh, H. Geobard is still in prison, but is now getting uh, tempted by the, the still force to perhaps break free and fulfill his destiny. But what I love about this is that for the first time, I believe this is true, for the first time in the series, we finally got an Eobard origin story. We got to find out how he became the reverse Flash. The fact that he was potentially even just through the lens of seeing what Eoblon did with kind of uh, his erased memory and everything, perhaps that's exactly what it was, that, that he wanted 
to be a good man. He wanted to be a hero. He wanted to, to save the world. Now, yes, there's probably some ego that was kind of tied into that as well. But regardless, that's what he was after. But instead of reaching out and touching the speed force, he ends up discovering the negative speed force, which embraces him. And he kind of ultimately becomes the Avatar Force. So I really, I'm, I'm excited to uh, finally have that extremely important missing piece in this series overall explored in this way, because we did get to explore it with this you know, H H Geobard and Eobard, like you know, both Eobards of uh, of two different timelines, and yet the same guy. Oh, hey, you've been excited about that Diggle show that they've been teasing for four years? Yeah, that's not happening. No, no, that got that got completely shut down. We had some fun, by the way, on the podcast. I know I need to stop referencing the podcast you'll never hear, but. Oh man, did we uh, did we have some fun with this in kind of like a depressing kind of you know <laughs> kind of way, because they have been teasing this concept of Diggle as a Green Lantern since the end of Arrow, and this is finally the confirmation that that is not going to happen. And I think it's interesting that that confirmation comes at the same time that we're getting the emotional spectrum and kind of a further pushing of the notion of a Blackest Night storyline in the Arrowverse. When this story happens, in my mind, this episode has communicated to us that when this story happens, it will be a Blackest Night story devoid of any Lantern cores. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what? How does that make sense? I don't know. We got Deathstorm, and he wasn't a Black Lantern. So how did that make sense? They, they made it make sense, and it was fine. Uh, how did we get Venom with no Spider-Man? We apparently can have two fairly decent movies uh, with with a lot of fun mixed in with a Venom with no Spider Man. So so let's just see what they do with it. I'm I know that the showrunners for the show has, has actually expressed uh, many times that this is a storyline that they've wanted to do, and I gotta wonder if. There's almost like a trade-off being done. Like DC Comics is saying, yes, you can do a Blackest Night storyline, but you can't use Green Lantern. You can't have Diggle as a Green Lantern. Uh, you know, figure that out if you if you dare. <laughs> so I think they dare. Oh, I think they dare very much. So we'll see what ends up coming from that right there. Uh, Caitlin Snow, also in this episode, apparently, uh, her and Chill Blaine got their whole super villainy vibe going on. They're doing some evil scientist exper experiments to bring back uh, Killer Frost. It appears as though it's going to be a trade-off, that Caitlin is going to ultimately kind of do experiments on herself and turn herself into Killer Frost. And Chill Blaine's just kind of cool with that, you know. I mean, they're villains. The villain's doing villainy things, and I like it. So as I mentioned, the Still Force does pop up at the very end, and we have this idea of the negative speed force and the Still Force coming together, uniting theoretically against Barry Allen, but perhaps just to put the timeline in order. As part of our speedster speculation this week, we wanted to kind of dive into that idea. Like, what exactly is the motivating factor here? And I got to wonder if, because Eobard, as stated by the Still Force, by Dion, is a man with no history. Perhaps there is a desire by not just Dion, but perhaps the other forces to put Eobard's history back into place. We need Eobard to go. All right, so all right, hear me out on this. If, if, the, if the forces, again, not a huge fan of the plot line, but it's here now, so we're dealing with it. If the forces were created by Barry and Iris, and because specifically of the fact that Barry is a speedster and connected to the speed force in and of himself, then we need kind of him to be the flash. And in order for him to be the flash, we got to fix this whole paradox situation where, you know, uh, we need a, we need an Eobard Thawne to go back and kill his mom, but we can't do that if that history doesn't exist. So Eobard is like one big giant plot hole paradox situation that the timeline and the kind of the cosmos are, 
unable to fix until potentially now. And that's where I kind of see this thing happening. You know, the fact that like as the, the, you know, I, I guess ring, we don't know exactly what was in the box, but it seemed like some sort of cosmic power, right? Uh, it was, was kind of speaking out and, uh, Eobard was kind of walking through that. He says a source wall, by the way, that's a great little, uh, uh, Easter egg from DC comics. Uh, so we get, we get all of this kind of, you know, cosmic energy, uh, seeking out for Diggle. Diggle's like, no, I don't want it. He's crying. And, uh, even though he's crying because he loves his family, uh, we know that, uh, David Ramsey is, uh, is actually crying because he's never going to get that spinoff. They kept on promising him. They did him dirty. They did him dirty. They did him dirty. Uh, yeah. So regardless, Eobard's there. And then the cosmic cosmos is like, oh, hey, there's Eobard. There's that guy that y'all need. And so the forces are like, okay, we need to go deal with this or more specifically Dion. Maybe he's acting alone. Maybe he's not. I do think we are about to see a, uh, a return of an empowered Eobard Thon and probably setting up into motion what will be the conclusion of the series, not this season, but perhaps next season where Eobard does go on that fateful run to go and kill Nora Allen. So I think that's all the high points uh, that, we, that we were able to ca- uh, capture. Like I said, we, we really loved this episode. Uh, there's just so much not to, I mean, just there was just so much packed in. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, we got uh, some new plot lines laid out and some things teased out, but we also got some other plot lines uh, uh, wrapped up in really satisfying ways. And then we also got, you know, Diggle's lackluster conclusion to the will they, won't they, well, they're definitely not going to uh, storyline. So yeah, was, that part's a little frustrating. I'm not going to lie. That that one's a little frustrating, but also not fully surprising. The first time that he popped up on some of these crossovers and he was still teasing, like, oh, oh, is is a gr- glowy green thing. Voices from space. What's it going to be? It, is it going to be the Green Lanterns? Am I a Green Lantern? I don't know. No, come on, man. Come on. No. They, they done him dirty. Anyway. Uh, yes. So the rise of Teacup. Two, two Eobards at the same time. Diggle got done dirty. Caitlin Snow also in this episode. That was it. Pretty much it for us from Flash TV Talk. That's our thoughts. What are your thoughts on this episode? Uh, we'll try to uh, send, send those in. I'll, we'll try to touch on it a little bit more next week when we cover the next episode of, of uh, The Flash. And I promise you, I will never ever not immediately save a recording as soon as I get done recording again. Y'all, I'm almost a decade into this and not as like a fan, but like as a professional. And this is like the biggest rookie move. And I I just, anyway, happens to the best of us. It also happens to me. Hope y'all are having a great day. Until next time, we'll be back in a flash.